0: Blog Talk Radio Anyone want coffee? Hello fellow book writers and caffeine fiends, welcome to A Daily Cup of Joe, where you'll get to hear from publishing industry pros and affirm your inner bookworm. Hello everybody and welcome to the Monday edition of A Daily Cup of Joe. Mondays are for veterans of utopia, those folks who've been with the con for at least three years, poured their heart and souls into the event and welcomed newcomers with open arms. I'm Joe Michaels of the Joe Michaels Blog, and I'll be your host for today. I have with me award-winning author Teal Haviland for you. She is the mastermind behind The Reaping Chronicles. It's the first novel in the series Inception, and it won Debut Novel of the Year at 2013. I'll be talking with Teal about all things Utopia, but we'll also get into one of her projects called My Endless Endings. I love the idea behind this website, and I can't wait to share it with all of you. Teal can be found via the myriad of links in the show description and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Teal Haviland. Well, as much as I'd like to keep her in my pocket, I can't keep her from you any longer, guys. I'm just too excited about her. So without further ado, hi, Teal. Good morning, Joe. How are you today? I am hanging
1: in there. How are you doing?
0: I'm awesome getting over this horrendous cold, which is why there have been no radio shows because I could not speak. It was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, feeling better if you guys hear me hacking, just, like, ignore it. Okay, so as you may know, I have a mad passion for coffee. I drink it from the time I get up to the time I go to bed. So my very first question of this interview is, how do you drink your coffee?
1: Basically, how I drink my coffee is if you take a carton of coffee ice cream, melt it down and heat it up till it's the temperature you want it to be for your coffee, that's pretty much how I have my coffee. Lots of cream and lots of sugar. So basically I'm drinking hot ice cream.
0: <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep, lots of sugar and, and,
1: and lots of cream.
0: You are definitely one of my sisters from another mister, I have to admit. Mm-hmm. I it just I see you posting on Facebook and I'm like, oh my God, I love her. This is why So, um, (laughs) okay, I I have a huge list of questions for you about Utopia and some about some of the projects that you're working on. So let's just jump right in there. So my first one is always, what is it about Utopia that keeps you coming back? That one thing that made you realize you'd never miss the conference if you could help it?
1: Um, First of all, let me actually say that after the first Utopia I went to, I told Janet Wallace. Um, I said, I won't ever, unless I'm sick in bed or in another country, I will not miss a utopia. Um, Part of the reason for that is when the first utopia, when I was invited to be a guest, I was floored because I had not actually released my first book yet. I had just gotten a contract signed with a publisher. And for them to take a chance on me, as a brand new fledgling author and give me a voice at their con for their first con was just kind of very surreal for me and really something that uh, kind of spurred me on to keep writing and, and and so forth. But the bigger reason are the people that I met there. I, I met really wonderful people um Authors that were so encouraging, bloggers that were so – readers, everybody was so encouraged. I had never been around um, a community like that with so many people all rooting for each other. And I thought that was very unique and very um, – endearing to my heart. I, I just, I fell in love with it. So yes, I go every year. I intend on continuing to go every year, whether I'm a guest or not. Um, I just think it's a great place and I get to reconnect with friends that I've made over the years and make new ones. And it's just a great experience.
0: Oh, I couldn't agree more. I had the exact same feeling my first year. It was like, wow, I, I can't miss yeah. this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
1: it's really a special event, I think, a really special event. And even though there's a lot of other cons that have sprung up in the years since this one first started, um that are also very very wonderful cons that are very um welcome people with open arms. There's something still very special about this con that I think it goes to Janet's Janet's uh I don't know if I want to say expertise or how I want to put the word. I'm an author that can't find words when I speak, you know, go figure. <laughs> um, I don't know if it goes to her expertise in, in what she does as a promoter, about promoting yourself and creating a tribe, or if it's just something that happened that was magic in a bottle, uh, lightning in a bottle. So mm-hmm. it, it really speaks to um, something about the magic of that con.
0: It is magical, absolutely. Uh, can't miss it. Um so you, you've you been there since the beginning. So if you remember, I know it was a long time ago, back in that first year, did you have a favorite activity or panel? I know that I wouldn't be able to remember that far back. But. Um, yeah,
1: Joe, I'm almost 45 years old, and, and I've slept since then a couple of times, so I forget things when I go to sleep. Um, I don't remember a particular panel. I can tell you, going back to what I said a little bit ago about the con and my experience with it the first time, what I remember the most about it is just the camaraderie, just the the open arms I was welcomed to. And again, I was a nobody. I'm still a nobody. Um, I I was able to get in to the con because somebody knew me. Um, within the writer community here in nashville and asked if i wanted to be a part of it like well yeah but it was it was just it's the people my favorite part about it is the people Um, it's seeing all these people that are around that have a passion for reading and writing and it was something i didn't get back into i gave up my writing when i was in high school and i didn't start again till i was 39 years old so for me to be around these people that were so passionate about something that I had become reignited my passion for so recently, um, it was it was pretty amazing stuff. So you know when you when UtopiaCon came around, I had only been writing again for like a year and a half or something. So mm-hmm. um, I was buzzing off of the energy of getting back into it and realizing how passionate I was about it. Um, so. I was all about it. I love the people. I love I love the readers and the writers and the bloggers and and all of that. They're just great. It's great energy to feed off of.
0: It's contagious, isn't it?
1: It really is. It really is. And, and you know, for me, I'm I'm very much an introvert. I guess I'm kind of what you call a social introvert. But you know, so it's hard for me to get into going to something that's this many hours back to back each day for, you know, two or three days. It takes a lot out of me emotionally, but at the same time, or physic like uh, mentally, but at the same time, it also stokes my creativity, and it, it makes me want to better my writing and better, you know, be a better reader, be a better writer, be a better encourager of other writers, you know, make, try to light that flame in other people, and even if it's not for writing, because of my my love for writing and my passion for it, I want to... Help other people find their passion for whatever it is they want to do, and go after it. Who cares what people say? Who cares if it's the best thing ever? If you if you write or you right. um, paint or if you dance or whatever,
0: just go for it and do it. Amen. I love that. Love it. Okay, that that is your PSA for today from Keel. <laughs> so um, you, right. you mentioned like the the length of the the conference. I know that that first year it was it was what like a, a weekend. Yeah, it was um, a Friday, a Friday, Saturday, and just the morning hours of Sunday. Okay, and, and then it expanded to four days, and, and next year it's going to be five days. So from your perspective, what do you like and not like about that growth and expansion? First of
1: all, I love that it's longer, even though it, it, it zaps me. Um, last year, I this past summer, I didn't spend a lot of time at the convention, Partially because I had a friend in need that I spent time with, but also because I just, as an introvert, I have to be in the mood to do it, to go and do things. And I just was very kind of sucked into my own self during that time period. I had a lot going on. So I didn't get out of it what I normally do this past year, but that's my fault. That's nobody's fault but mine. And I don't blame myself. You know, I'm not beating myself up. That's I know me, and I know sometimes I just have to take a step back from everything. Um I love the fact that it's longer. I'm thrilled with that, and and really, I'm just being selfish for that because it just gives me more time to see the people I really want to see. So I don't don't feel so rushed to to see everybody and talk to everybody the very first evening. It it, it lets us kind of take a step back and. And relax a little and realize this isn't over in 48 hours. This is going on for four days or five days. And a lot of the people that, that go have started extending that, their stay either before and or after the con to spend more time here in Nashville. Um, which is great because I get to see people even longer than if I'm able to, if they're able to squeeze in time for me, really is more what it is because I live here in Nashville. Um, so they have a lot of things they want to do and people they want to see. I'm just here. and like, oh,
0: my God, you're here. Good. Let's go get breakfast, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: But what I you. don't <laughs> like about it, what I don't like about it, and this doesn't go to the length, it goes to the size. As much as I love how how it's growing, um, and I think, I, you know, it would be wonderful to see it grow even more. Um, I also hate it because I don't feel like I see people as much as I did the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, those core people that I was used to seeing the first two or three, it was it's just more, um, there's more people, which is great because I meet more people, but it also doesn't feel... Quite as connected as it once did, at least for me. And I'm not speaking for everybody that goes as a whole. Um, I can only speak for myself, and it does bum me out sometimes. I'm like, you know, it it felt more um, close knit, but you can't keep that forever. That's if something grows, and that's with anything in life, whether it's a personal relationship or business or writing or whatever. It won't stay the same if you're growing. Um, so that's, so that's to be expected. It's a matter of how we adjust to those changes, um, and I take the good with the bad. I mean, what I consider good and yeah. bad, um, and I focus on the good. You know, I, I don't worry about the part that makes me feel like it's not as connected. I worry about the part of, oh my gosh, there's Joe
0: Michael. You know, you know, <laughs> I, I focus on the people
1: yeah. I get to see. You know, there at the con that I don't, I only see on Facebook most of the year. So right. That's what I like.
0: I understand. I understand completely. It's like you have all these readers and writers there, and you really want to get face time with all of them, and just, it's overwhelming when there's a thousand. <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> but, it, it really but is. Too,
0: but it's an opportunity to do. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I've had so many people. Yeah. Like last year, when I was there, I had so many people come up and say, "Oh, I'm writing my first book," and I'm like, and I get so excited when I yeah. have a fledgling author in front of me. I'll be like, "Oh my God." You don't have any idea the road you're about to go on and how cool it's going to be. You know, it's just it's fun. It's fun.
0: So what do you feel Utopia does for writers as a, a whole?
1: Um, I, I feel like it gives us a, a bigger community and lets us know that we're not alone. You know, writing is a very solitary, you know, thing that we do. Um, I think things mm-hmm. like Facebook have has opened that up to us a little bit more, made it more of a community experience for us, and we're able to pull more peers into our world that understand us. And, oh, my gosh, is that wonderful. I can't tell you how great it is to be around other writers. I love my writer friends. They get me. <laughs> They understand my craziness. They understand how someone will say a sentence or sing the verse of a song, and I'm like, oh, my God, I just got the best idea for a story just from that, and oh, my God, I can't wait to write this. You know, because inspiration hits you out of nowhere. And people that don't write who aren't creative – you know we'll look at you like what are you talking about go get a shot of tequila cuz you're losing your mind you need to chill and our writer friends like oh yeah i know i did that the other day and talking about how how characters in our minds will start taking over, and convers- you have these conversations between fictitious people in your mind, and you get all involved, and people are looking at you like, what's on your mind? I'm like, oh, you won't understand, but if it's a writer for you're like, oh, I just had this, you know, Bobby and yeah. Joe in my head are getting into a big fight right now, and I'm trying to figure out who's going to win and why, you know, <laughs> who can you do that I with other than another writer? <laughs> Yeah, so it's a matter of, you know, hey, we're all just as crazy as you here at Utopia. It's okay. We'll be crazy together. That's what I like about Utopia. That's what it does for the writers. It gives us a place to just be as silly and crazy as our writer minds are. And to do it without judgment. Nobody judges another writer. No writer judges another writer based on what goes through their head. We yeah, embrace them and we rejoice. And yeah, we
0: rejoice with them. Yes. The, the big question: What is the most obscene way you've ever killed someone? Or <laughs> do you have any suggestions on how I can kill this character so that it? Sounds yeah, real yeah. Maybe, seriously, you can't do
1: that with with the general population that is your that you pull into your world as friends and, and who are your family. They They just yeah, don't you get, the get look. Yeah,
0: yeah. you Yeah. The look. Every writer knows the look. <laughs> Yes, Every writer do. that leaves their
1: home knows the look. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but that's what it does. It, so, I mean, to me, that's what it does for writers. It gives us a um, a, a feeling of acceptance, and not just acceptance, but a celebration of us.
0: That's what it is? I agree with you one hundred percent. Yes, absolutely.
1: So, that's um, speaking you're cool. of
0: ideas, yeah. <laughs> it's just because I'm a writer. I get it. Um, so, <laughs> speaking of ideas. For books, um, I know that you have the whole Reaping Chronicles series. So, where did that idea come from? I have to, I have to know.
1: Wow, well, that idea, and I'm not kidding when I say this. I'm, I'm not doing this for dramatics for your show. That that um, Gabrielle, the Angel of Karma, she pretty much that book saved my life, and it saved some other people's lives too. Mm-hmm. Because I was in a really <laughs> bad place at the time of writing when I got the idea to write this book and I was trying to come up with an idea for nano It was the first year I ever did nano was writing this book. Um, which we're also in nano month right now. Woohoo. So
0: um
1: what happened was is I was with somebody romantically that was having going through something with someone um that did some really horrible things um and i'm very much a believer in god and i'm very much a believer in karma and i was really angry with god because here we try to do everything right and go by the book and be good to people and this person is getting away with doing horrible things to people and damn it that made me mad i mean i was mad at god and so i started thinking about you know karma and my, my belief in karma, and why can't, you know, and and who, and then I started thinking, well, who's in charge of, of delving out karma? And, mm-hmm. well, why can't that karma be somebody? And if it was somebody, who should mm-hmm. it be or who would it be? And I thought it should be an angel because an angel should have the more pure heart to delve that out, even though they're not perfect, in my opinion of angels. So anyway, that's how the idea came up, and I was like, yeah, Oh, no, because I was like, I want to be, I want to give out karma. And that's why I was like, well, why can't it be somebody? I wish I could have (laughs) given out karma to this person. And so that's how the idea of the Angel of Karma came about. And I started writing it for NaNoWriMo. I came up with the idea for her the week before it started. Um, I actually didn't start writing that story. And I just had a very vague idea of it. I started writing that story five days into NaNoWriMo and Within seven days, I'd hit the 50,000 mark. And that's when I knew I was a writer. That's oh, when yeah. I really knew. Because I was just, I had a ball. It was the first time I had ever written anything beyond 2,000 words. So. I know the feel. Yeah. Yeah. So for me to get to that point, I was like, wow. I mean, it was just, it was what a rush. It was a great experience. So that's how the idea came about. Yeah. It came about from a really bad situation. And I was able to <laughs> pull pull all of that and put it into this book. Um, and it really did keep me sane. It kept me, I wanted I wanted to take matters into my own hands with this person. And when I started writing this book, it gave me an outlet to not take matters into my own hands, and uh, that's a good thing for everybody involved. You know, it yeah, was, that's it, good it, advice. It, yeah, it really saved me. It really saved me. So it, it was it a godsend too, for like me to write that. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. it,
1: it was a godsend. Yeah. It was. It was something that uh, really took me away from what was going on in my mind, which was not mm. good thoughts. So,
0: yeah. Well, I mean. The 50,000 mark after seven days is totally doable if you you know exactly what you want to write. I mean, you have to have it down and have to know where the book's going, the whole plot point. Oh, and I all didn't that know. Like, I, that was complete, that the, was complete pantsing.
1: Complete pantsing. I you, had no you didn't idea. know where
0: the story was going to end?
1: No, ma'am. I started oh that book and all I, knew, all I knew was about, I knew Gabrielle was the angel of karma. I knew why she was wanting to come to earth to live as a human. I knew that there was mm-hmm. going to be a romantic involvement. I knew that there was going to be an angel that she had been romantically involved with that she wouldn't be able to be with anymore. And I had a vague idea for a couple of other characters, Noni and Nate. And that was it. I didn't know anything else.
0: That <laughs> was that, so awesome.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know until I was about halfway through the book, um, which was about the 65,000 word mark. Because the first mm-hmm. draft was about 125,000 words. It ended up being more than that but yeah well it went from 125,000 first draft to after rewrites it got up to 196 and then after edits it came down to 165 so the published book is 100 is crazy stupid long but um but it was over halfway through the book when i figured out where i wanted to end it
0: well, so I that was happens sometimes well too that. i yeah. <laughs>
1: but, you know, the funny thing is, is when I wrote the, um, I haven't written, I'm actually writing book two right now for Nana Um, but I wrote a follow-up novella um, at, that starts, that's after the ending of the first book. And it was funny because I sat down to start writing that and I wrote the first, you know, seven or eight hundred words and I reread it and I thought, that's the ending which was, you know, I'd never had that happen. So I ended up making that the ending, part of the ending, the mm-hmm. beginning of the end, of end, last chapter of the book, um, and started writing it from a different point in the beginning and worked my way to that ending. I had never done that. I thought that was kind of cool, um, cool to realize I had just written the ending of something instead of the beginning, which is what it was supposed to be. So Yeah,
0: so, so, so for, for Nano, you're working on a Reaping Chronicles book?
1: I am. I'm re- I'm working on Undone, which is the second book. I, I I took I've had a really hard time writing for a couple of years now, and I'll tell you why because even though you're not asking, I'm gonna tell you. Because it can be very beneficial for other writers out there. I got so incredibly burnt out on marketing. My oh. first book. I tried Fifty ways to Jesus to get my book out there at least mm-hmm. and i- it, it and it was like banging my head against the wall. Nothing I seemed to do was working, so it's constantly using Tech
0: fail. <laughs> I got cut
1: off, but real quickly, what I was saying is that um, I got so burnt out with the marketing aspect yes. of everything it I feel mm-hmm. like it zapped my creativity it just and it burnt me out it was it's just now to the point where I feel excited about sitting down and writing again. So it's taken me this long to get back into wanting to write book two, and I have learned that I'm going to do what I can to market my book to a certain extent, and then I'm just going to say, okay, universe, there you go, have it, do what you want to do with it, and get back to my writing. Because, and I know a lot of people will say, "But you can't do that." But I can't not write. I need to write my books. So if I need to choose, yes, I got, I have to market, and I will do some marketing. But I'm not going to beat my head against the wall again. Right, to you write. should
0: do whatever feels right for you. Period.
1: Yeah, and and uh, so yeah. for anybody out there that's a writer that is trying to get their book noticed and banging their head against the, the wall, like I was, don't let it ruin your joy of writing. You know, and uh, and it did it, for me for a long time. Basically, that's what it did, and I'm just not going to allow that. Now that I'm getting that back again, I'm not going to allow marketing mm-hmm. to get in the way of my writing again. Oh,
0: that's, that's actually, actually really, really good. It is. I, that's a good PSA. Yeah, if <laughs> if it if
1: it means that I won't sell as many books, and I guess that's what it's going to mean, that I I want to write books. I have got no kidding, at least. And this is with some of these books I know are going to be at least three books long. Some are just standalones. Most are are series. I've got almost 70 books right now that I want to write, including the ones that are series, like the total number I think each of those books will be. That's a ridiculous number of books. And if I don't get these books written, they're going to sit there and die. They're
0: going to die along with
1: me. No, they're going to go in the grave with me. Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: So I, th- I think it's important whenever you begin to write to define success because then you're like, okay, I, I, if, if your success is I wrote the book and I published the book, you've made success, right? So I think it's very right. important to do that before you start to write the book. So what is your definition of success? Even if that's been redefined for you recently, like where was it then and where is it now?
1: The romantic answer is just to write. That's the romantic answer. My my reason okay. for my my success would be just writing the book and getting it out there for other people to read. The realistic answer for me is going to be to make a living and pay my bills. Mm-hmm. That's success. Now if that's only enough to pay my bills every month and meet my needs and my daughter's needs then that's what it is. If it's me becoming, you know, very comfortable in my my living style, then so be it, that's what it is. But to be able to pay my bills doing what I love, that would be success to me. And I'll tell you something else that makes me feel successful, but also very undeserving of the success that this brings, that this feeling brings, is when I have other writers or other readers say to me something about me inspiring them or... Um, mm-hmm. you know, you give great advice, Teal. I'm so glad I talked to you, Teal, because you mm-hmm. you shoot it straight and, you know, you help me. I have a lot of friends that say I feed their creativity somehow. And that makes mm-hmm. me feel great on the one hand, but on the other hand, I also look at them in my head, I'm thinking, why? Because I don't know what I'm I doing. But, you know, if if that helps them, if I do something to help another writer particularly, then mm-hmm. that feels great. That feels great. So that's yeah, also something that makes me does. feel like a success.
0: It's totally But I think that's something. more a
1: success as of just being a human. Yeah, that makes me feel yeah. like a successful <laughs> human, not a successful writer, you know?
0: Yeah, that's like awesome. woohoo, that's I'm awesome.
1: winning the human game. I'm helping people. That's great. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Those authors yep. that come up and say, Hey Joe, if it weren't for your blog, I would never have published my book. It totally helped me from point A to point Z. Like that's success for me. So I totally get you. Amen, high yes. five. <laughs> so I know that you have this huge project called My Endless Ending. and oh. I don't know where the idea came from, so let's start there. Where did you get well, the idea for this really awesome website?
1: If <laughs> <laughs> yes, it ever happens. Um, the totally awesome idea, I think it's an awesome idea, um, came to be because being on Facebook and having so many writer friends in my community on Facebook, um, in my friends' world, on facebook i I hear a lot of frustration out of them, and i I experience the same frustration of not feeling like I can get my book out there. How do I get it in front of the reader? How do I get them to notice me in this sea that's ever growing of other authors in their books and mm-hmm. um you know the first frustration of course, with Facebook, as much as we love them it's a love hate relationship because they have now put so many things in place that make it almost impossible for anyone to see anything we post about our books, unless we pay for that exposure. And Mm -hmm. most of us authors, we don't have the money to put into advertising like that because I've done it, and it's not cheap. It's Mm -hmm. not cheap. So between that um, and going to cons and seeing like the Goodreads, Goodreads is wonderful, but I don't feel like it does a good job of the social networking side. Um so it has a lot of good right. little pieces to it. Of course we all love Amazon for buying books and that's also a love hate relationship I know. Um but we love mm-hmm. the fact that we can get our hands on so many books there and find new authors and you know, there's all these different places but I thought why can't that all come together in one site? So the idea mm-hmm. for my endless endings was a website for readers and writers and publish anybody in the publishing reading world, publishing, reading and writing world to have a place to come that has a social networking side, um, a side that we can conduct business um, and sell our books and people can find us, a side that also has the ability for people to sell, and that can be anyone, not just an author, sell reading and writing-related articles, like kind of like an eBay site or a, a marketplace on Amazon, um, and then also a, a side of it that is specifically for writers, and people in the business where we can have a place to have a forum where we can discuss different topics and also to have a place for writers to find vendors people who are professionals that want to sell their services for editing or cover designs and so forth. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people asking questions on Facebook where can I find a good cover who's a good cover designer who's a good editor and you know this is a place that I wanted wanted to have for all of these different things. So that's where the site the idea for the site came up.
0: And basically, you so you're trying to connect readers and authors and connect yes. authors and service providers,
1: yeah, because one of the things with Facebook, you know, and I have a lot of people that request to be my friend, but this is i, I don't I tried keeping two separate Facebook accounts, one is a, just as an author <laughs> account, and one is me, and that got maddening, and people got confused of which, which person they were commenting to on on posts I'd put mm-hmm. up, and that just didn't make sense mm-hmm. to me, it was just craziness to me um but I want to also let authors and readers into my world to get to know me, but since it's my personal um, Facebook account, I also have to be very careful because mm-hmm. it is personal. I have people that are my family, my daughter. You know, I put pictures of my daughter up and talk about my kid, and you know that's personal. And I don't want to let peop- everybody into that side. So with this, with my endless endings, it was a place where readers and writers could. Connect and writers could feel completely free to share personal and be as personal as they want to be. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I have a very strict line between personal and business too. I don't post pictures of my kids or any of that stuff. I don't even tell people where I am. <laughs> I just say I'm yeah. out of Atlanta. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you never right. know. I mean, you really yeah. never know. And that's not a, that's not a pond I want to put my foot into. So yeah, I completely. I'm behind this website 150,000%. I can't wait for the hard launch.
1: Going to be well, going. yeah, it's it's going to be a bit. I'm actually, I've had to pull back from it because I'm now, um, unfortunately, in business litigation with the people designing the site. It's a big mess now. Um. So I'm having to go through some legal avenues now that should not have ever happened, but it is. So I don't even know at this point, and it's so disheartening to me and frustrating and embarrassing and everything because I'm like, come on! I just want to get this site out there. Um. But it, it's it's become this big thing that is is just an issue in my life, and it and that's sad because it's kind of like the same thing that happened with my writing when it came to marketing. It's kind of happened yeah. with this. I was so stoked and so excited to do this. Joe this should have been done a year ago in June. Mm. And it's still not mm. done. And so all of the stress about it has really sucked the joy out of it in a lot of ways. I try to stay and I'm just being uh-huh. honest here. I you know I'm trying to be excited about it but it's hard to be excited when I, now I don't even know when the end is in sight. You know, when do I get to right. really release this? So, it's it's frustrating. I still think it's a wonderful idea. I still have every intention of getting it done and out there. And this is just the mm-hmm. first phase that I'm putting out there once I do. There's more phases coming to sight. It's huge and I intend on making it just this awesome place for readers and writers to be. So, I do hope that I get it done, but it's it's been very frustrating. Very frustrating. It's I hope it happens. Awesome. Oh, oh, thank you. Too. Thank me you. Too. It's it's got oh, a, it's got okay. a ways to go, but it's getting there.
0: Let's go to happier topics. So. <laughs> yes. Well,
1: that is a happy topic. It's just, it's just, it's just tough right now. It's tough because for whatever reason, I've got to go through this to get it done, and I'm just like, can it just get yeah. done? But God's like, can, no, yeah. it has to be this way. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll leave it this way. But you know, anyway. Yeah. So
0: fangirling. Um, I know that all authors are readers, so I'm curious what genre you like to read and what your favorite book is.
1: Um, I like to read many genres: um, murder mystery, suspense. Um, I, I like some more. I guess they call it uh, chick lit, but I'm not really into that. My big thing is fantasy, and I mean every level of fantasy, every kind of fantasy. I don't care if it's speculative, you know, or not speculative speculative fiction. I don't care if it's um, horror, or and I do like horror, but more fantastical horror, or if it's all the mm-hmm. way up to um, epic fantasy that's just is a completely different world. I love it all. And the reason for that is because I love escapism. I read to escape. Yeah. And I want to go into, I don't want to read about something that's so just like our world that I feel like I'm still in my world. I want something that even if it's urban fantasy like what I've written, um, yeah, that's our world, but it's got all these fantastical, amazing, wonderful things going on that us mere mm-hmm. humans typically don't see. Um, so I like, I like escapism. I like fantasy very much.
0: Oh, I have a great book recommendation for you. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so what is the one piece of advice that you would give to anyone considering going to Utopia? Go. That's it. That's Go. a perfect piece of advice. I you know, that.
1: here's what I will say. Uh, I, I, I'll say this. This is something that I want to add. That first utopia was interesting, and, and I always find it. I'm very much a silver lining gal. I can find silver lining mm-hmm. and good stuff going on in pretty much every circumstance. Um, it was interesting. The last day of the con, that morning, we were sitting around, all of us buzzing about the weekend and how great it was, waiting on the the closing um, comments to be made. So I'm talking to groups of people and everybody's jazzed about it and what a great time and how wonderful the people were that we met. And then as I'm I'm also a listener I pay attention I'm listening I'm always eavesdropping on people. Um mm-hmm. I guess that's the writer in me for trying to find writing fodder. But um <laughs> I heard this one gal, a couple of tales behind me, doing nothing but complaining about it. Nothing. Not one good thing to say. How big of a disappointment. It was nothing like it was supposed to be. And, and I just sat there. I thought, wow, here's this one voice that's so Debbie Downer about the entire experience. And here is the sea of other people around her that are loving it. What's the difference? And the difference is what you put into it and what you take from it. So my advice to people other than go is when you go, really get the best out of it. And that's with anything in life. I mean, get the best out of it. Stop focusing on the negatives. If that girl had focused on the positives like everybody else had, she would have had a radically different experience that weekend. Because if her view was the right view, we wouldn't have had all the other people buzzing about how wonderful it was.
0: That's so, true. so I think that I, do hate I think anyone had a terrible time
1: though. I mean, yeah, well, that's, that's I do. I hate that as well. But I also know from personal experience that most of the time, unless that's the general consensus, that person didn't go into it with the right state of mind. So make the best out of what you're given. You know, make the if, even if it's not exactly what you want.
0: You were saying about put into it what you what you intend to get out of it. You need to put it all in,
1: right? Yeah, I think it's a lot of it has to do with the person's attitude about what they're walking into and what they're dealing with on a daily basis. You can either make good things out of it or not good things out of it. It's just up to you. And, you know, that sounds like simple advice and a big blanket statement, but I'm here to tell you it's the truth. You can I mean, it just depends on what you do with the situation. I just went through a divorce and we're Better friends now than we were as a married couple, and people think we're nuts that we get along so great. I'm like, Well, that's your problem. I made the best out of the situation, which can be done by anybody. Can be done by anybody. I find that
0: to be true pretty often. If you're willing to put in, like, if you're willing to say, Okay, we're divorced and this doesn't matter anymore, you can move past it and actually talk to one another without screaming and fighting. But that's the point. That's that's what any.
1: Yeah, that's with any situation, Joe. Any situation. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Doesn't I matter if it's personal or if it's business or whatever. It's what you put into it and what your view of it is. So anyway, silver linings, people, silver linings. Find them. Silver lining.
0: So I, I mentioned how outspoken you are and how much I love that. You have a very <laughs> feminist type mindset, like you know, you don't take any BS off anybody. So um along that advice Vain here is there any advice you would give to women out there who are afraid to speak up for themselves i think you're the perfect person to answer this question (laughs) you know
1: it's funny because when i saw uh, i when you sent me the list of questions you'd be going over some basically with me um and i saw that i laughed out loud because i don't think of myself that way although i do know i'm that way because i have so many people say that to me and the fact that you said that you love that about me in the, what you sent me made me feel great because people either love me or hate me because of it. Um, and I guess the only thing I can say as far as advice to anybody, male or female, about this is simply this. Stop worrying about everybody liking you because they're not all going to like you. So you can either... Speak out about what you believe in in a respectful way, and this is what gets me more than anything, is people tend to not do it in a respectful way. Not everybody has right. to agree with me, but everybody I talk to does need to respect my opinion as my opinion. They don't have to agree with me, but they can say, you know what, I don't agree with you, here's why, but you, you know, I still care about you as a person. Go, right. go be you. Go be you. And if you can't do that with me, then you're not the kind of person I want in my life because I'm doing it for you. If I'm doing it for you, I should get the same back. So stop worrying about the people that don't want to be that to you. If you're offering it to them, let them go. Stop, because I think most of the time people, when they don't speak out, is because they're afraid of not being liked. This world is not about yeah. everybody liking you. That's not what life is There's about. It. It's about being true to yourself and and who you want to be in this world. And and by gosh, when I die, one thing I bet people do say about me is, you know, that teal, she told you how she felt, that she also (laughs) accepted you. And that's true. I I accept people for who they are. As long as they accept me, I accept them for how they are.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm that's the say exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think that's (laughs) the biggest
1: thing is people are just afraid to have people I think it's one of two things. They're either afraid of people not liking them for their opinions or they're afraid of having to back their opinion up. So if you're afraid of backing your opinion up. Yeah, if you're (laughs) afraid of backing it up, then, then maybe you need to do a little more soul searching and research into that and why you have that opinion because maybe you're not completely rooted in it. And I also don't believe. I don't believe that you have to be rooted in an opinion. I am very flexible. If someone poses an argument yeah. to me that makes me, they might have, they might have a point there. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna chew on that. I'm gonna research that. I'm gonna see how it feels to me. Doesn't mean it's gonna change my mind. But I am open to listening listen. to other
0: people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. See, this is another reason why I love teal, everyone, because. She has opinions, but she'll listen to yours, and she just wants you to say, okay, you have an opinion, and I respect you. (laughs) Well, we only have about two minutes left, so um, I just want to shout out to Teal and say thank you so much for joining me. It was really awesome to have you today. We'll just let it go with that. <laughs> she was amazing. Um, once again, for all you listeners, be sure you check out Teal's Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Teal Haviland, and go pick up a copy of Inception. Now that you've heard about it, how can you totally not read it, right? The links are all in the description of the show. I encourage you to get your butts on over to com and make a profile so you're ready for whenever the site hard launches. It's an amazing site. You'll love it. Um, Be sure and tune in next Wednesday for my Utopia Revelations chat with H.D. Gordon. And I want to thank you all so much for listening to your daily cup of Joe. Until next time, may your coffee be hot and your muse be loud.